Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I never meant to be so bad to you. Yep, never meant to be that bad to you. Yeah, that was one thing I said I would never do. Incidents arose from circumstance. Yes. One thing led to another when we were young. It was the heat of the moment. I'm back in 82. Yeah, no, the disco hotspots don't really hold much charm anymore. I can now concern myself with bigger things, obviously, because the heat of the moment, Natasha. It's the heat of the moment. It's all fun and games until this next set of lyrics that I just discovered. It's funny. You know, we hear these songs back in the day, and I didn't like 80s music at all. But I revisit some of it, and then when I I go over the lyrics, I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Band called Asia. I just remember them on MTV. Asia in Asia. It was like supposed to be a big deal that they toured Asia. Oof. And when your looks have gone and you're alone. How many nights you sit beside the phone or your laptop. (laughs) What were the things you wanted for yourself? Teenage ambitions you remember well. And then, of course, you're reminded it was the heat of the moment. Well, Natasha, that just, I don't know why, that just went through me as I was cruising this early, early, early Friday morning 
trying to decide if we had fooled them again or not. I think we did. We fooled them again. We made it through another week to our day. Today, it's my day, and it's also Natasha's day, even though she's in South Africa. It's just us. The kids are uh, trying to trying to hang on to that last bit of summer, really not accepting that it's time to go back to school. Natasha, okay. Now, you ha even though you were in South Africa, had you heard that song before? Yes, oh. I had, actually. Had you ever explored the lyrics in this way? I had not explored the lyrics in this way. And um, I remember listening to that song because my brother's like, a little bit like older than me as you know in normal siblings um so he was a teenager i was a kid uh, and he it was one of the songs he absolutely loved so i remember it playing through the house as i was growing up and he, okay yeah. now but now you hear you know i just i don't know why it's just like that like a, when you yeah I, it feels like you get caught up in the heat of the moment it seems like the meaning is like yeah i i'll have to i have to google what the meaning is what do you take it as? You're smarter than me. Oh, I don't know. You're up there in first class. <laughs> no, definitely not. But we have to give a disclaimer that this is not. Okay, please. Smart. You're right. Oh, I was comfortable. I just plugged my phone in. I just <laughs> reclined my seat the three inches that it reclines. Oh, you got three inches. He's very lucky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but now we're moving, being moved back from Economy Plus. What? No, no, we're still in Economy Plus. But I just want to let people know that this is a regular guy Friday. And uh, if you're looking for your deep and meaningful upper class healing with Maria, that's Monday through Thursday. And we just take a little different take on things here and uh, go through our own. Uh, ways that we like to heal and mm. explain things so yeah so for uh, if you don't mind flying in a center seat in uh, uh on spirit airlines uh economy or or sometimes Pooja's parents will move us up to economy plus which is very kind of them um yeah we're the place for that but if you want to get back to the business in first class well that is monday through thursday heal squad um and by the way, like Heel Squad is back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. We have an exciting full week next week. We have um, a chat show by you and Maria on Monday. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then we have an amazing guest, which we're really excited to have um, Maria interviewing. Yeah, so it's a, it's a potluck wild card guest that um, I was meeting with this person on something completely different, and I just said, well, we need you on this show. He was just dropping. Oh, no, that's another guest. That's next another week's. guest? That's next week's I'd guest. I see. Uh, the following week's guest. See, I got caught up in the heat of the moment. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a really exciting guest. So you see, back full force, exciting guest this coming um, this very next week because i always get this wrong because next week in south africa means something different to next week in the u.s yes so. so um and then the following week we have that amazing guest we have the yeah um i think yeah, the pot like one but on tuesday wednesday next week we have an incredible woman named chris carr uh what's her scam 20 years she was diagnosed with stage four wow very, very rare um, there is cancer. no stage five. I always say it. There is a uh, cancer of the blood, extremely rare. They gave her like, I don't remember the story exactly, but I think it was like three months to live. It's now 20 years. Wow, God bless her. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, so we I all think need. It's going to be an amazing you know, episode. It's funny. I remember when my dad was dying of cancer and he just said, you know, it's, it's one of the things that's really hard is every, he's like everywhere I look on TV, commercials, radio, 
it's someone dying of cancer or just died, you know, from cancer. And, um, it was so, he, he felt it was just so discouraging. And what we've learned on this show is the power of your mind and what your mind can do. So I just think it's super important to have hope, but then also when you find people that have figured it out, it's like, how do you take that blueprint and apply it to yourself? And yet, I don't know. I, you know, I'm frustrated because I have some super, super close friends. I grew up with Natasha who've hit these health crises and they call for help. And, uh, I give them everything I got and it's just like, yeah, okay. Well, the doctor said, and I'm like, and I just sigh and I know, and it's not going to work. It's so um, hot. You know, it's so, so hot that. I, I think for anyone in that situation, I'm not saying listen to me, but listen to me. Um, what I'm saying more is if you can find the people that have the blueprints that have figured it out, um, you take that formula and you use it and you can make some adjustments to the formula. Um, I mean, it takes you back to even like the civilian. I know there's that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, everyone talks about, but I, my version of it is civilian and samurai. And I lived both lives as a civilian. And then I'd like to think as a samurai. And I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm old. I got caught up in the heat of the moment. Um, but in my civilian days, you know, I would think of, uh, if I was going to start a business, I th would think as a civilian, oh, I'd have to, I have to do a business in a, I know this analogy is not going to make sense, but I would think I would need the most original idea. And and actually, I, when I talk to more experienced people, they would say, no, you go and find a business that's working. Um, and then, you know, you follow that model and do your version of it. And that's why I always say, when I'm teaching, take Coke and make Pepsi. Or I'll even ask people when they come to me to help them with their brands, I'll say, okay, where's our Coke? Meaning... Where's our formula out there that you can point me to? Where's the business? Where's these other talent? You know, if you want to be the, you know, is it Madonna? I don't know if, or is it, uh, is it uh, 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 Chipotle? Whatever your thing is, like, what is our, what's our Coke? And then we can, we can make our Pepsi. We can make our other formula. I actually like Cadillac to Lexus, you know, cause I think Lexus did a better job than Cadillac, but I'm sure Lexus started from Cadillac. They took Cadillac and said, okay, how are Americans doing luxury cars? At the time, the Japanese cars were very practical. They ran amazing. The uh, mileage was amazing. But Japanese philosophy of Kaizen, how do we continuously improve, was, hey, why don't we do this along with luxury? And so I'm sure they, they went and studied Cadillac and then they put their spin on it and did something even better. Bringing it back to health, it's like, you know, where are those formulas out there of people that have like this lady? It's like she was stage four. Okay. I would want to know everything, everything she did. Um, and how do I mirror that? And, um, you know, I just, I think unfortunately a lot of people get, when they see the doctors as the rock stars and the, and you know, I don't think doctors are healers. I think that they are, um, what would you say they're, you know, not, what's the term of some, I mean, like, again, I think they're, they're going to treat. They treat us. They treat the afflictions. Yeah. But heal is a whole different thing. Um, 
Uh, there are some doctors. I don't want to paint all doctors in this. No, no, I'm not. By the way, I'm not. I'm not being negative. Of into the healing of he the patient. The healing element. I'm not. What I'm saying is, I, they're not trained to heal. They're yes. trained to treat. In fact, I had a great surgeon say this with one of my dogs. You know, when I was, I had Noelle, and she was, uh, she had an autoimmune disease. And I've told the story about Noelle a million times. I, I still think about her all the time. But she had an autoimmune disease. And it was attacking her joints and she wasn't able to uh suddenly just couldn't walk anymore and they were like hey you know eventually her heart is gonna see you know her her um organs and everything's because she's not moving you know it's just a matter of time it's going to keep attacking her joints attacking her joints attacking her joints and eventually you know within a few months maybe six months she'll be gone and um and i remember the the one surgeon I had gone to because originally I thought it was a you know a surgical issue that could fix it you know because her joints were literally just curling up and he said to me you know I'm I'm a mechanic it was very cool he's like I'm a mechanic you know and so yes I can put in some steel rods and things like that but you know I can't whatever's going on internally it's a different thing and so I think a lot of doctors are mechanics you know where they can say okay but you know, can you get to the source? And that is a much, much bigger thing. And they're just not trained that way. It's not that they're against it or they're not looking for it. They're not trained in their 12 years of schooling. Most of the time to find the source, they're trained to treat the issue. Um, and then you have four, you, you may need four or five different doctors for your one issue, a skin doctor, a this doctor or that doctor, an intern, you know, and then they're each individually treating their thing, but nobody is trained enough to say take that helicopter view of look at it all and and again look at it treat it all together but again get to the source what is the source of all this but with noel um you know i started swimming her i changed her diet and um eventually it was like the disease just played itself out meaning it did the damage it was going to do but we kind of found a way to hop around. I made harnesses for her. I made like uh, uh, elbow pads so she could kind of pop around on her elbows. And then I instilled, of course, Natasha in the household, the no poodle left behind policy. So that was, a, <laughs> yeah, no poodle left behind. I'd hear her like crying in one, on one of the beds in the room. And so everyone knew you couldn't leave her. You had to carry her everywhere. And by the way, she loved it. So we, so she made it, God, I don't even know how many more years, 12 years. They gave her a few months and we, we had maybe 11 or 20. She lived to like 19 or 20. Um, but, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, um, don't want to get to the source of it. And I, but like I said, just, just, it could start with gathering the data of the people that have, I would want all that info. First of all, that's inspiring. But then second of all, you learn and your body's going to be different than that person's, but that's where you're going to have a different, you might have a different formula um, to get there. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a very valuable interview. Very valuable. I can't tell you how many of the AfterBuzz hosts uh, who had family members with cancer, I would say, okay, can, you know, I know it's like a lot of fun to talk about the Kardashians or, you know, um, fart into a mic, as I say, when you're just talking drivel, I'm like, but if you literally just interviewed people who had survived cancer, 
and got the blueprint from each and every one of them, I mean, that show would be huge. Yeah. Mm. No, I I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather fart into a mic. Do fart into a mic and put up TikTok videos. Okay. Well, that'll work too. <laughs> um, oh, already digressing. Already digressing on this Friday. Um, but yeah, no, Nat, no, please. I, res I do, I love and I respect doctors. But at the end of the day, it's like everything it comes down to you. You know, I, I, there are many traits and qualities. I think that as a, again, I could now having a daughter, a little baby, and I'm thinking, you know, one of the things, the most important things to instill, and there's many, obviously ethics, morals, caring for other people and all that. Um, I think one of the more important things or most important things is, is going to be self-reliance and resilience. And, you know, so with your health, as Maria's always saying, be the CEO of your own health, but it's true, you know, it's gonna come down to you. You know, you can't, so much of your life, your career, all of it, it's, can't put it in someone else's hands. And uh, unless, obviously, you are handicapped and, you know, um, in some way, shape or form, and, you know, you can't do it all you can't take it all on. But, and then I will also say conversely, it's funny. I forget who was, someone was doing an interview on success. It was like some multi, multi-millionaire who said, uh, you know, you're always going to need help and you can never do anything fully on your own. And I do agree with that. You're always going to need help from other people. But I think that you, you have to be the one running the ride. Um, unless you have the most amazing advocate, maybe, and I've seen that too, who is like, I got this for you because maybe you can't, you're not capable. And then getting that right, but then that's a tall order to find that right advocate that, you know, has the knowledge and then the passion and the heart. But anyway, Natasha, what were you going to say? Please, I was going to say that actually. Talk to me up in business class one of before my, they send me back. One of my favorite books that I read that actually became one of my favorite parenting books, which is not a parenting book is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Mm. I don't know if you've read it. I have not, but I like his work. But he talks about how all these people in the world who are perceived as outliers, he doesn't really think that they are because he feels... Can you he, define outlier? So outlier is someone who is... Um, like he uses the example of his mother. Um, you know, she grew up in... Um, you know, in a disadvantaged family and mm -hmm. in a disadvantaged neighborhood. Okay. But yet she went on to become whoever she was. I can't remember who right. she is, but you know, she's a very highly educated, um, successful woman. And he said that when you look at things like that, you look at the, or like there's a soccer player. This is another amazing example. He says, um, the soccer, uh, the grade class in, in America is divided um, between the kids before um, September and after September. And you'll find that the kids that are better football players are the kids that are just after, that their birthdays are just after September. So they're the biggest and largest in the class. And they go out to be more successful. Whereas if the year divided was divided, let's say in October, then they would fall into be the smallest kids in the class and maybe they wouldn't have been as successful as football players. Mm. So things like that, he starts like analyzing and looking at all of these things. And the biggest lesson I took away from it is that when it comes to a lot of, um, 
you know, it, teaching your kids and how the difference between uh, families that have children that succeed and families that, that don't. And he looked at, um, you know, uh, the, the middle and lower class families and what makes a difference and why is like a middle class family keeps staying in the middle class or moving up into the upper class and why the lower class doesn't. And um, he uses those terms and, you know, I don't like to, to really like put labels right. on everything. Yeah. But he said it's because like... He, Maybe it's more lower income. Lower income. Right. Rather say. So he says like he, um, he said how it is, is that... You know, when when you have a little bit more space or you have a little bit more means, you're teaching your child to advocate for themselves. So the mother will take the child yeah. to the doctor and say to the child, we're going to see the doctor now. Tell the doctor what's wrong with you. Mm. She's putting the power into the child's hands, whereas in like a lower income family, there's probably multiple children. The mother's stressed, maybe not fully focused on what right. they're doing. Probably less confident, doctor, head less down, confident, just whatever the do whatever the doctor says, just yes, do, just do it. And right. not encourage, not even herself right. challenging the doctor, and definitely not encouraging her child to to um, to challenge or ask questions about the doctor. So continuously f putting the doctor in that power play and not teaching the child to advocate for themselves in that small example whereas it becomes an example for life so because i feel like to you know all besides all the things that you mentioned and where mm. it ties back to you is having someone who's able to self-advocate is probably one of the most important traits that you can have i think what comes along that too though there's a balance where you gotta let you have to let the the, the child burn the hand on the stove and so i see middle and upper class let the kids do that but then they they don't ever those kids don't ever so a lot of them they, yeah i will say most of them today that i see have never really felt the 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 they haven't burnt their hand on the stove they think they have but they really haven't and it was uh we just all did so much to provide pleasure and take away pain um which comes from a you know good place in our hearts but at the same time I think the, uh, yes, the advocacy is there to speak up for themselves, but then there's no resilience or resourcefulness of when that doctor doesn't have the answer or this boss or official doesn't have the, the, you know, the, the thing to give them or, or can't feed them. It's, that's the next level of being like, Hey, I got to feed myself. Yeah. I can't count on you. Um, and I feel like that is, uh, that's, that's probably what I, at least cause I'm around this more these days. I mean, the Carney days I was around far lower income kids from the neighborhood. And then these days I've been around middle-class and, and upper. Um, and I have found that, yeah, that the resilience is far lower. Um, the resourcefulness is just not there and it's it's just too easy to say well um if i'm not going to be fed if i'm you're not going to feed me then you know whatever i'll just um i don't mom and dad will take care of it i mean i just I, i'm going down another path here but i feel like for this i think far god was it harvard university just study on millennials and called them the failure to launch generation yes was it that yeah and it's and there, people always ask, you know, what do I see in the future? I, I see most of them living off the parents' inheritances. And, and what I mean by that, I, 
I know the word inheritance makes you think there's millions of dollars. No, I think that most people who, middle class who own a home, that home gets split two ways, three ways, you know, it's maybe enough to just get by. Um, but that's why I'm kind of trying to sound the alarm for this next generation of kids. I, and I got to put my money where my mouth is. Like, I don't know. Am I going to have the courage to let Athena skin her knees, burn her hand? I don't know. So, but I know I need to. I need to, especially because I'm older, that I, you know, she, you know, I might not be here as long for her. You know, I think the millennials are going to get parented probably into their late 40s, or early 50s. In fact, I know some Gen Xers who are now coming close to 50 and mom, dad, still everything. And and I know it's it's less, but I see it. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of it. Um, and that's fine if the parent can be robust and virile, 70s, 80s, and early 90s. But um, you know, for me, I'm not going to have that luxury. So she has to be she has to be right now. I'm lucky. I'm a, it's a family of immigrants with Maria and her dad. So they come from that place of you have to be resourceful. You have to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, I, I'm going to have my work cut off for me. And I have empathy for anyone who hasn't been able to do that is what I'm trying to say. I get it. I really do. I get it. And I would have a hundred percent in my twenties been part of the problem or thirties if I had a kid. <laughs> I mean, it would be cupcake day every other day, probably. Um, I'm a big believer in natural consequences, like little things like, oh, you don't want to take a sweater to school and it's, you know, and it's cold outside. That's your choice. Yeah. Go and be cold and then you'll see what it feels like. F around and find out. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, obviously like, oh, he didn't bring, you know, he doesn't have food for the whole day. Then I'm going to make a plan. I'll, you know, figure yeah. it out. But if it's like, okay, you, there has to be a way where you can show that there's consequence to your action without, you know, damaging your child. Yeah. And, and that's where I kind of, I, I try and do it. There's always like, there's a, wherever I can. I think there's a good example, hmm. but tough. But I think it will make the difference with Dylan. It'll make a difference. And uh, they thank you later. I mean, I'm thankful. I'm so my parents didn't have much. I know my dad gave me everything he had, which is why he's not here. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm as thankful for what he didn't give me. And I'm as thankful for the mistakes that he and my mom and other family members may have made. Um, because it made me, it taught me resilience. It made me have to be resourceful. It made me figure things out. Um, Man, it's something, something to all that, Natasha. Well, let's take our first break on that note. And uh, we come back. I have some, let's see, what, what did I get to this week? The great Ida Kendall, blowing my mind every week. Every week. Every week. Yeah, she was giving me, we, that's some good advice. A, a little bit more on um, codependence and... um and this is a great line I'll leave you on. We'll discuss when we get back. I notice I do a lot of these teases and then we never talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listen to this one, Natasha, and we'll just leave it at this and we'll go right to commercial. When in crisis or in major life transition, the worst thing to be is ambitious. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. You know, I love this song, but it's really the video because um, if you ever go over to YouTube, and I think it's Monster Groove, you type in nobody but you, Monster Groove, and um, somebody cleverly put together a bunch of clips from the old Adams family, and you've got Carolyn Jones and Lurch and uh, 
Let's see. Mr. Hand is snapping his fingers. Everyone's dancing along. Original Adams Family, Natasha. Did that make it over to South Africa? No. I've never seen the original Adams Family. There it is. There's the original Gomez. He was amazing. These Some of these 60 shows were so clever, so creative, and I've said it before. The actors got typecast, which was sad because... They really were so gifted. I mean, they were born to play these roles. They really made them iconic. Anyway. Okay. Now. What do you think of that one? When in crisis or a major life transition, the worst thing to be is ambitious. That hit me hard, actually. Because I always feel like when you're in crisis, you want to be, you want to, yes. you want to do it. You want to do more. You want to try yeah. to figure it out. Yes. And I've been there and, uh, and it is mental torture. And I think because of the, uh, South Medford, uh, Italian will, I have continued through all of my crisis and transitions to carry that ambition and try to um serve all the masters the masters to heal but then the master to build and create and i will tell you it was uh thoroughly exhausting and i'm sure it's taken its toll on my health and uh, i'm glad i did it okay you know it all worked out but um i it really spoke to me um when you think you shouldn't be where you are it's a form of mental torture. And so, you know, it's funny because Kelsey's in the spot, right? She's transitioning between, you know, producing Heel Squad and what's next. And I think she's resting and healing, but then she's still ambitious. And this is where she's short circuits a little bit. But I know for myself, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, it's funny when we went put after buzz on hiatus after the pandemic or during the pandemic. Um, I think I put a pin in my ambition for the first time unknowingly. I just was like, I can't, I just give up, you know, at that point I'm like, I have to keep Maria with us. I have to give leads a safe passage and you know, the, the places I live, all need to be tended to and updated and I have to streamline the foundation of my life. Um, but ambitions you know, outside of that, which is, you know, Hollywood just carries lofty ambitions, but I'm also the businesses I love to be part of and stuff. And I just, I was like, eh, I'm out. I really want my wife to be healthy. I really want to have a baby and I really want to, um, live in a clean and safe environment. And, um, I look back now and I'm really glad that I didn't, you know, have that ambition during that time. But you've been, Natasha, you know, you're, you've been through a lot of crisis and transition, even coming on board here. Um, so yeah, you probably speaks to you as well. It does. Cause I, my feeling is firstly, Kevin, I want to like go back and acknowledge you because there was so much that you needed to take care of. Like, there wasn't even space for yourself during that time. No, yeah, no. 
Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Thank you, Dr. And um, I know for me, like when I, you know, my the saying that keeps going over and over in my head is, "I will figure it out. I'll find a way." Yeah, that's my thing. I love that. And um, and I know even I've I say it so much, and I like just live by that so much. And, and you know, mine is it. Natasha. I just told me that they go, Jamir. Do you know at least three times a day I say to myself. If anyone can do it, it's you. If <laughs> it's like I, like when I see these momentous, these ridiculous tasks in front of me, but continue. So, um, I mean, one time I said to I said to a friend of mine, "No, I can't do it," and they were like, "Sorry, what? What?" And I was like, eventually, like after a few minutes, I went, "I can't do it yet," and they were like, "Oh, that's what I was waiting for," because yeah. they'd never heard me say I can't do it. But anyway, so for me, and and I also have that feeling it's like I'm not where I want to be. Like my blueprint doesn't match my life. Kind of thing and i um and i feel like a sense of urgency yeah. so i always am trying to get through the the crisis the transition and create something more which doesn't make sense you don't actually have the the, the um bandwidth to do yeah, that no because you're just you're falling behind on both, both right fronts at that it's point. just you gotta you gotta heal circle the wagons put out the fires heal um, be present and know that when you're at your back to power, you'll be able to. And I, I think also is when you really, and I've said this before, when you can release from attachments to outcomes, um, and just be present. So, you know, I think of you, Natasha, we're on quite an adventure, you know, with this show, but then we have other things we're doing together that just keep coming in. And that's by you just showing up and doing the work. So, you know, rather than trying to um, manifest it or work it or grind it. In fact, when you've tried and what I've, what I've seen, it's, 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 it's made things messy, you know? I mean, so I think you just have to, you're younger, so I'm just giving you this advice, but it's advice I needed to have heard at your age. You just trust the process. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I didn't do that, you know, back then. And um, eventually the wheels come off the wagon. In fact, one of the friends of mine that, you know, had reached out for help with health is, is a female, but a real fighter. I mean, just a marathon runner and someone who, you know, had a pretty abusive upbringing and has always just had this tremendous reserve, resilience, get up, fight, work, try. And, um, she can't figure out why, um, she's got this rash all over her body, which Maria had. And, um, and she's doing, she's just attacking it in so many different ways with that same verve that she always has. And I'm like, no, it's a, not, it's, it's, it's showing you that that doesn't work anymore at 56. It worked forever and it served you and it's amazing. But right now you got to cool your body off. You have to see this this is stress and other things going on um and you know to go at it ferociously to attack it uh right now in that crisis is not the way it's 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 a time to just be at peace and to rest and to you know and open up to some new modalities you know which is what i was bringing up at the beginning but yeah it's that that i guess yeah she's in a crisis and it's the ambition I've still wanted to do all these other things, but you know, right now can't because she's in so much pain. She can't run all the things she wants to do, marathons and all the stuff she's normally doing. She can't do. 
because the sweat is, you know, yeah, yeah, it's painful. So anyway, yeah, I just thought people need to hear that because I don't, I literally don't know one person who is not in either a crisis or a major transition. And I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's normally I would say, okay, cause that's you, Kevin, that's obviously who you attract, but no, I think post pandemic in this world, I think everyone is feeling one or both of those things, you know? So I just think it's kind of good to know in the back of your head that, um, you know, you don't have to, you can give yourself a break. You don't have to be achieving things, you know, during this time, you don't have to be, you can, you know, knowing that the ambition is going to be a form of mental torture. Um, and that it is one of the worst things to be per the great Ida Kendall. Um, I'm getting a note from the booth. Let's take one more break, Natasha. Okay. And we come back. We'll wrap it up with um, some uh, more talk about uh, our favorite subject, codependence. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Yes, back on this Friday, your day. Now, Natasha, did Nina ever play South Africa? Right, Nina is the name of the band, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they ever made it to South Africa, but it was a big hit in South Africa. And now, were you more into the German version or the English version? Great salad on him. Great salad. I actually don't remember. I think that could have been equally as. The only thing I would ever hear from you could hear is when. Un Captain Kirk! You would hear that. You know, you knew that was the English part. Maybe, uh. You know, I know it would probably be more of a bonus thing, but, um. Maybe in bonus, can we just do a little dive on where Nina's at these days? Sure. I, you know, I pulled up um, Men Without Hats singing Safety Dance 
about a year ago. It, well, I mean, like they performing a year ago. It's just weird to see all these grandfathers on stage uh, teaching everyone the safety dance. Oh, the 80s. Yes. Quite an innocent time indeed. Anyway, um, while we wind this episode of uh, RGF down, um, okay, ready for some more codependent knowledge? Yes. Or knowledge on codependence? Um, sometimes people look for reasons to fulfill their codependent script by overgiving to narcissists for nothing in return except the fleeting sense of superiority you feel and that you've done something for the narcissist they won't do for themselves. All you're doing is feeding off, all your, let's see, all you're feeding off of is momentary superiority. So I guess, I got it. So you feel good in the moment you feel superior in the moment that you're able to help them. But the problem is narcissists um, are not grateful because they're entitled and entitled people are not grateful. So this is something to be aware of as you might be pulling out of your codependency. Beware that you can get sucked back into that, um, that script. You I know? think it's easy. I think it's easy to fall back into bad habits in general. You've got to constantly work on the new ones. Yes. Well, particularly that one, you know, I, I will say to people, if you've been programmed like that for 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, whatever it is, um, obviously it's an easy script to go back to. Um, but remember all you're getting out of it is that feeling, that fleeting sense of superiority in that moment that you help them it's fleeting because they're not grateful because they are narcissists. They are entitled. Um, and then what happens after that? It's, it's worse than empty calories. So, you know, you get bitter, you get, you know, you're tired, all the different things, you, you know? So anyway, I thought that really spoke to me. I wanted to share that. And the other thing, the fact that she was talking about how parents, you know, create narcissists by being codependent with children and then that narcissist goes on to be create a codependent themselves and then that codependent goes on to create a narcissist too so you kind of can see how it trickles down and the primary parent is usually where the lead one because i've seen parents i've seen the one parent who's codependent and the one is narcissistic um but it's the one who has the most influence is the what's going to guide it interestingly enough so natty on that note i think i'm tired and i'd rather just talk about nina and her 99 balloons well i'm having a look here at nina so you just have to give me a moment well why don't we do this yes. why don't we why don't we take the ship home with a bit of ava sure we'll do some ava um now listen you know me i'm always going to hang on to the end Summer doesn't officially end until what? Is it September 20th usually, Natasha? Well, in South Africa, because um, the seasons are opposite. Okay. Spring day is the 1st of September. So that will mean... Oh, wow. So you're fall. all out of whack. 
Fall would be the 1st of September. Fall is? Well, in South Africa, like the seasons change on the 1st of the month. Whereas okay. here, they change on the 21st or the 20th of the month, yeah. I think. Typical us just have to just... So, um, yeah, trying trying to figure that out. But yes, you were saying, so... Okay, so, so I think, it's a, yes, yeah, so in other words, we still have a few weeks of... So today's the eighth. We have some time. We have some summer. We have the final push of summer. But it's also strange in LA because summer doesn't really ever end. It do- well, no, it does. <laughs> it does end. Oh, yeah, man, it's been getting really cold. No, it has been. Yeah, which I love. I think it's fun. It is I, fun. I can drive all my cars. <laughs> my cars don't do well in the heat. Anyway, uh, what's up for the weekend? Weekend is. Um, I'm not really sure yet. It's kind no. of up in the air. I have a friend that's moving, so I might help her out. But I'm shooting tonight uh, an episode of Bar Rescue. Oh, yes. Yeah, Bar Rescue. And um, and I forget what other... Oh, and then Sunday's first Patriots, New England Patriots game. And so there's like a... There's a Boston-Hollywood kind of contingency that gets together. It's the only time we ever see each other, so... A friend oh, of mine cool. gets a food truck, and we watch a little football. That's fun. Yeah, I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just—I hate to say it, but I'm not as uh, into seeing movies like I used to. I used to be, you know, such a passion of mine, sports. None of it really anymore. I think I finally grown up, Natasha. It's about doing the work and. Um, being with the baby yeah i think that's i think that's a big thing is like for me anyway it's like it's not so much about the growing up it's like there's only a limited amount of time in every day yeah and when you want to be focused on your child and building something at the same time there's no room for anything else yeah what what else do you do yeah i mean as my dad always said he's like you'll get there little did you know it would take me to this age to get there (laughs) but oh well everything in its time, right? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Anyway. There's no, there's no wrong way. There's only a long way. Oh, I like that. God, we'll get back in a business class at some point, Natasha. <laughs> you just keep that up. <laughs> only the long way. Anyway, you guys, try to remember why we're here. Help each other. Uh, learn from mistakes and um, have some fun. Bye, betches. <laughs> Bobbies. There you go. Hast du etwas Zeit für mich? Ein Sänger, ich ein Lied für dich. Yep. Now, of course, I'm a multilinguist, as you know, Natasha, so I understand exactly what she's saying. I don't want to bore everyone with the translation. How about Nina? This is five years ago. This is this is when she's in her late fifties. Looks fantastic. Sounds fantastic. He looks and sounds amazing. So we did a little due due diligence on Nina. Nina's a grandmother of four, as of at least the last time we checked in. She performs this song uh, around the globe. Often in the spirit of peace, even though it wasn't written for that reason, it's become 
um, an anthem of uh, an anti-war song. She's produced a bunch of albums now. She was married to the drummer, and I think they broke up in '87 that we saw, yeah. and then that's when the band broke up. Her English is pretty good. And, you know, she trained to be a goldsmith. And then the rock and roll bug bit her. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. Right? Who would have thought? I'm a big Nina fan. And when I was reading, some people think that she's a one-hit wonder, but she's actually not. No? She's got other hits? She's got some other hits, and she's just done so much. She also started her own record label. And um, in 2009, and uh, she had two solo albums. And I think she did some covers, right? She, I think she covered Bowie. She covered some Rolling Stones. At least she said. So I want to find that stuff. Yeah. You know, when it comes to artists like this, <laughs> I'll, uh, if they ever met with me, I'd be like, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I've got the business plan all in hand. Um... Have you considered a Christmas album? <laughs> <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit, though. Yeah. I remember David Cassidy. I had him on the Tomorrow Show. It was actually I should put that interview back up. It was actually pretty much his last long-form interview, and he was really drunk. And um, I, I had to kind of prop him up. I didn't say anything back then, you know. Now it's close past. Um. And I was talking to him about that, and he had a new album. And you li- listen, if you hear David Cassidy sing, he's very talented. Those Partridge Family songs, I mean, he's really, really good. But, you know, sometimes maybe you're not, doesn't mean you're the best songwriter or producer, but, you know, his new stuff just, he had it. I was like, wow, this, this guy could really use my help. And then he, he was gone not too long after. I don't want to bring us down this Friday. I'm, this is about Nina. Yep. Come many people are there. People are really digging Nina. And there's all kinds of ages there too. Did you? I don't know if you saw that, Kev. Yeah. Young, old. I think the song's pretty universal, right? Yeah, I think so. I gotta love music. Well, I think we're getting the hook. Is that is that the hook? Yeah. Is it time to end bonus. Yeah. Queenie says it's time to go. Everyone have a great weekend, really, for the three or four people. Who do you think is listening to this right now? Oh, I think we've got uh, a, a good Six number. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Alyssa, Angie, like, I'm going to go through the list. Anne. Anne. No, I don't know if Anne makes it to the end. I know. I think she, she, she messaged me, and she said she doesn't make it to the end. Okay. Hmm. It's Mary. Let's see. <laughs> I have to go through my magic mirror to see who actually makes it to the end. Well, you know. But I think there's a lot more than we know. Than we know. Well, you know, on this case, there's probably, if I'm just guessing, there's probably a lot of Nina fans out there who are just dying to dying know. Dying to know. <laughs> we've, gained <laughs> some, we've gained some followers. Yes. <laughs> Tell all your friends. I'll start the Nino Saturday podcast. <laughs> Potluck Sunday. Saturday. Potluck Saturday or Nina. All right, you guys, uh, everyone have a great, great weekend. And like we say in Boston, we'll talk to you shortly.
We out. We out. Oh, forgot that. <laughs> this podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.